with us uh, tonight as we get into the word of the Lord, the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter number two, and we are going to start reading at verse number one. We're going to read verses one through six, and we're going to use this as our text tonight. We have been, our Wednesday nights have been dedicated to the subject of biblical foundations, and uh, we have uh, been preaching uh, on the meaning of baptism. Specifically, we have looked at the meaning of baptism and the fact that we are identified. Baptism represents an identification in the crucifixion of Christ, His identified in His death. And then last week, talking about being identified in His burial. And then tonight, this is our last uh, sermon on the baptism, but it is identified in resurrection. And uh, we've been looking at this, and the Lord has helped us, and uh, we just appreciate the Word of God. If you would stand with us for the reading of the Word tonight, Ephesians chapter number 2, and we're going to start reading here at verse number 1. If you're there with me, would you say Amen. Sorry for my voice breaking up there for a moment. Amen. And you hath he quickened. This word quicken here means to be made alive, to come alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Is anybody glad for that? For the love of God that reached even when we were lost and dead in sin. He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together. And made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. And again, tonight we're going to look in this final sermon here on the meaning of baptism and uh, what it is to be identified in resurrection. Can we pray together one more time? Father, we thank you once again for your faithfulness tonight and truly the privilege to be here in your presence. And we pray, Lord, you would anoint your word and I pray anoint the hearts and the ears of these that are here gathered tonight in this service Lord, I pray that you would challenge us and always our prayers that you'd change us by way of the Spirit of God. Lord, I pray that you would anoint us to hear, Lord, to understand, to apply the Word of God. Anoint, Lord, I pray, my mind and lips. Let your Word go forth in clarity. Let you be glorified in all that is said and done. And we thank you and we give you praise for that. And truly we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. When we are speaking of baptism, we have been specifically talking about the, uh, uh, the things of water baptism. And uh, we have addressed such topics in the regards of what water baptism is not. What water baptism is, that's what we've been looking at. 
and uh, how we baptize. We were talking about some of the very specifics and uh, the biblical specifics in regards to how we baptize. Uh, And then we have been looking at the meaning. Uh, When we look and understand uh, from the Word of God some of the things that we've been talking about here in this is the fact that we know that this was a command of Christ. And again, in reference to Matthew 28, we find the command where Christ was, and if I can paraphrase, telling his disciples, he said, go and teach, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And uh, in, in, in encouraging, teaching them in the fact that the things that he has said, the things that he had commanded, that they do them. And we find and we have talked and we have illustrated the fact and looked at the word of God and the fact that uh, we, see it, we seek out baptism uh, in the fact that we are following after the example of Christ. Christ fulfilling scripture in his example of baptism. We find as to where, and I'm not going to re-preach the things that we have been looking at here several weeks back and in regards to this, but we see as to where there was much that was being uh, discovered and proclaimed and, and uh, even what was preached and prophesied in regards uh, uh, to who Christ was and the fulfillment of these things. When Christ was there at the Jordan River to be baptized of John, John had put up an argument and said, I, I should be baptized of you, not me baptizing you. He said, I'm, I've done told these folks I'm not even worthy to uh, loosen the latch that's on your sandal. And Christ said, however, the, you need to baptize me, he said, so that these things can be fulfilled. And we see that Christ, Christ, the Son of God, being manifest in regards here uh, in this time of baptism. Baptism. We find a confirmation of God the Father and His uh, proclamation of the fact that this was His beloved Son in whom He was well pleased. And we see God the Holy Ghost that descended upon Christ, amen, in the form of a dove. And we find that here in this, the triune Godhead is being exemplified in baptism. And uh, furthermore, bringing credence and credibility to the fact of the Christ that John the Baptist had been preaching of and foretelling of the Lamb of God that was going to come and take away the sins of the world. All of these things transpiring, all of these things being proclaimed and being seen by a multitude of witnesses. We find that in this we are looking at uh, what is the meaning when one gets baptized. And uh, as we know that, that, that baptism is not just an act of the fact of Christ's command of Christ's example, but because it has specific spiritual meaning. It is something that we don't take lightly. It is something that we don't just uh, treat like it's trivial. It's not just something that we do all the time uh, in regards that it is a special occurrence. It is a, a special uh, time. And if I can use this word, and I, and I say so because I can't think of anything else to describe in regards to how sacred this time is, but truly it is a a type and an act of worship 
And in this, we find that when we are baptized, there are some things that we are saying that this is what we testify of. We know and we have talked about the fact that baptism, it is a public testimony, a declaration of the fact that we are now found in Christ, that He abides in us, that we have been born again. We recognize Him as our Savior. And then we have been talking about the specifics in the act of baptism. We were sharing last week of the fact that we do not uh, pour water on somebody. We do not sprinkle water on somebody. But when we baptize, uh, we do so in full submersion into the water. And we find the Word of God gives us clarity in regards to what these things mean. Why we do this. And uh, that water is a representation of that grave. It is a representation of that old life being uh, passed away in Christ. And we had spent some time in preaching on being identified, amen, in his crucifixion. Because when we are born again, let me first say this, we use the term identified for the fact that when we are born again, we are taking on, amen, a new identity. As a matter of fact, Brother Marvin, we was reading last week where the Apostle Paul said, he said, though, uh, he said, I am crucified with Christ. He said, yet uh, he said in regards to this he said not I he said but that Christ he said I live but not I but Christ lives within me amen it is identification it is saying I am taking upon because he is my Lord and my Savior I am taking upon the attributes the, uh, the characteristics uh, the ideology the thoughts uh, amen of Christ he is alive in me and in order for us to be alive in him we must first identify in his death I want to remind you again tonight church there is no salvation outside of the cross of Calvary there is no salvation outside of the lamb of God and his blood that was shed for you and I we cannot claim salvation there are many who will try they will try to claim salvation through denominations through religious organization. There are some that will try to claim salvation through pedigree and resume. There are some that are sitting on our church pews and they believe that they are saved because somewhere down the line mom and dad got saved. Or somewhere down the line grandma and grandpa was saved. I've talked with some that said that they believed they were born again because somebody in their family had pastored a church or whatever the case might be. Oh, but friends, you have to understand is that we cannot know the newness of life and sins cannot be forgiven until we have been to that fountain, until we have been to the cross of Calvary and so therefore identified in his crucifixion. And then last week we were saying identified in burial amen and we have talked briefly in regards to the fact that Christ he laid in the tomb that was meant for us and to bury simply means the fact of to be put away amen to put it away and we were talking about the fact of this matter and uh, let me say and reiterate a couple of things here very quickly there are some that will tell you I have heard a preacher say this I have heard it taught I have I have seen it live that there are those who would say uh, 
that you have to sin every day. That you have to. And friends, I want to tell you that that is a lie. You do not have to sin every day. Amen. Can I say tonight that Christ did not go to the cross and he did not lay in that tomb for three days and my sin buried in that tomb, my sin left in that tomb for the fact for it to be drug around with me throughout my life and for me to have the idea that I have to live my life in a sense that I have to be a slave to that sin. Now understand when we talk about grace and we talk about the mercy mercies of God. I understand that we all know that we are not perfect. We all know that there are times that we err. There are some things we don't get right. There's failures that we have. All of those things. But I will tell you this. That should be the exception and not the norm. That should be something as we contend with this flesh and we do these things. There was a young man that I spoke to a couple of weeks back right around camp time and he was talking about his life and he said made this statement he was talking about an issue that he had and the issue that he had is he had a problem with lying and he said this he said well brother Jake don't you know he said everybody lies all the time And I looked at him and I said, no, sir, I don't know that. And I said, and I, and I said, I can tell you from experience. I said, I have been many days. I have been many years in the fact without telling a lie. Amen. I have been in a place in my life. I I will tell you right now that no, you don't have to. No, you don't. And, and, And can I tell you the idea of the world, the opinion of the world is the fact and the lie of Satan is the fact that you've got to be bound and oppressed and that there is no escape from some of these things. There are some folks that believe that because daddy was an addict, because mama was a drunkard, because this one was that, and I've heard people say, well, in my family tree, well, in this, there's a, I've heard folks preach on generational curses and everything. Can I tell you tonight, I want to remind you this evening, I know there might be some things from your past it could have been something tried to latch hold of you from mom and daddy from auntie and uncle it could have been something that was in the bloodline something that was in the family but thanks be to God brother Eli when my sins were forgiven and my sins were put in that tomb amen Christ resurrected me resurrected my life but did not resurrect that sin I want to tell somebody tonight there's enough power in the blood and there's enough victory over sin because of the cross and because he laid in my tomb that I ain't got to put it on Pete and repeat. You ain't got to use it as an excuse. You ain't got to live under that bondage. But for the child of God, there's resurrection in the newness of life. Hallelujah. Resurrection in the newness of life. Understand, I've shared examples with you before of different folks that I know that by all rights and reasons, they, was, they were bound for a path. They were bound for a problem. They were bound for destruction. They were bound for a cycle of behavior, a pattern of living that had been set before them. But when they found Christ, he abolished that sentence that was on their life. 
I want you to understand tonight is that when we go about in thoughts that we have to yield to sin, in thoughts that we've got to give in to temptation, in the fact that we can't overcome sin, then essentially what you are saying, and I, it sounds terrible when you say it out loud, but hear me, believer, you need, to, you need to think about this and say it out loud so you can come to terms with really what it is you're doing when you think that you just have to or that you've got to give in to is the fact And what you're saying is that what Christ did at Calvary was not enough to help you live victoriously. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. When Christ died, the Word of God said He had died once and for all. No other sacrifices to have to be made. No more sacrifices of blood, uh, blood of the bulls, of goats, of doves, or whatever the case might be. Christ, the Lamb of God slain, John the Revelator said, from the very foundations of the world. Amen. I want you to understand that resurrection, identified in his resurrection, simply meaning that as we are identified in Christ, though those sins stay buried, though those sins are gone. Let me just read this real quick in regards to our sin. Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. Many of you have heard this before. But it says, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth? By the transgression of the remnant of his heritage, he retaineth not his anger forever. Because he delighteth in mercy, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and will cast all their sin into the depths of the sea. Amen. Christ in all of his efforts, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all working in all the effort in the fact that we are not controlled or contained by our sinful flesh. Can I just tell you tonight, friends, there are some that maybe have the thought or maybe have the ideology to say, well, that's impossible. Let me tell you something. This book says that I can live above sin. This book says that you and I have a choice. This book tells me, Brother Keith, that when temptation comes, there has been provided a way of escape. This book lets me know that I'm now walking in the newness of life. Amen. And, as, and in regards to that, because this book tells me that we can, I want to remind you that we can. Amen. Understand tonight, resurrection is a sign it is a sign when we come up out of that water it is symbolic of the fact that we are coming up out of the new in, in, coming up out of uh, old trespasses and sins and coming up into the newness of life resurrected into newness of life it is a sign that that which is dead and buried that we are coming alive that's where the word quickened here comes this is a testimony of the power of God giving us the victory over sin and death John the revelator said in Revelation chapter 1 17 and 18 and it says this and when I saw him he said, I fell at his feet dead. Or in other words, like a dead man. He said, all I could do was lay there at his feet. 
And it said, he said, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And he says, Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Praise the Lord. Can I tell you in the fact that our Savior was so victorious that not only did Paul later reiterate and say, Oh, grave, or oh, death, where is thy victory? Oh, grave, where is thy sting? But we come to find that he could proclaim this in the fact, amen, that Christ had supreme authority and victory over these things. Why, Brother Jacob, are you hammering on this so much? It's because I want us to remember and understand tonight that as we walk in resurrection power, we are resurrected unto the authority, amen, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it now dwells in you and will quicken that mortal body. Amen. It'll quicken and bring you to life again. Here he, here he comforts John in saying, I am he. I was, I was dead, but now I live. Amen. And I am alive forevermore. 2 Corinthians 4 and 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall also uh, shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Amen. I want you to know tonight that as we look in the various capacities of our life, uh, when we were talking about our sin being buried in that grave and being put an end put to it, uh, again, Christ, uh, the Spirit of God resurrecting us into newness of life, uh, not resurrecting resurrecting our sin. Not that we walk around chained and bound by it. Oh, tonight I can share with you testimonies out of our own family, out of our own, out of my own family, my own mother. I can tell you about different ones. Amen. As to where there were things, Brother Gary, that in moments before they were born again had a death grip on them. In moments before they were born again, they thought they couldn't live without it. They they thought they couldn't make it through the day without it. Amen. But when Christ came, when that life was laid down and identified in crucifixion and then and that sin buried in that tomb and then resurrection power got a hold of that life. Oh, I'm so glad that those things, here's where we were reading in Ephesians where Paul had said there was a time that we had walked into the ways of this world in the lust of our flesh, in the carnality of our mind. Paul also had said there was a time that I was a slave to unrighteousness. He said, but now today I can testify that I am a slave to righteousness. He said, I once gave my members, I gave my strength, I gave my talents, I gave my zeal, I gave all I had. And I talked with one man one time who had been born again and I'm telling you this fellow, he was on fire. God had done a deep work in his life and sister Laura when I say that everything changed in his life everything changed 
him testify many times. And he said, here's what I know. He said, I gave 100% of my life to hell. I gave 100% of my life to the devil. He said, there wasn't anybody that could outdrink me, outdrug me, outparty me, outline me, outcuss me. There wasn't anybody that could outfornicate me. He said, I was living for hell and running for hell 100 miles an hour. He said, but when Christ came, here's what I know. He said that I'm going to give my all. I'm going to give 100%. If I gave hell 100, I'm going to give God 100. And he has changed my life. Turn me around. Oh, I'm telling you tonight, resurrection power, a quickening, a coming to life again. And we are in a sad and a tragic place within the church and the church age in which we are as to where it's readily adopted and it's easily accepted, it's practiced and preached and we've gobbled it up in the fact and in the sense as to where uh, it is just that, that just that you have to live with certain things. That's just how it is. That's just the way it's got to be. I've watched, Brother Shiloh, I've watched young men and young ladies. Oh, and, and, and we, can, we can see them. and We can see them get in services. We can see them get in at a camp service or get in at a retreat or whatever and there might be two three weeks of glory two three weeks of heaven on earth two three weeks of commitment and we see it wane we see it wane over a course of time old habits creep back in old situations come back up amen and I want to tell you moms and dads it's not just young people it's moms and dads too come on here how many times have I left a service and somebody tell me say oh that was a life changing service and I understand the compliment I understand they're testifying of something God done they met him at an altar but I often think to myself is a life still changed on Monday is a life still changed on Tuesday come on somebody you're not shouting with me but we'll just preach anyway you hear me church we cannot get called up in the form and function of saying the things and doing the things but if we are saying he has changed our life if we are proclaiming that we are born again then we as a church can I just say we've got to get back to living like it we've got to get back to worshiping like it we've got to get back to praying like it he has resurrected us into life into power into his promise into his purpose and we cannot afford to play games with God oh I don't care how many times your feelings get hurt I don't care how upset you get I don't care what's going on around you may God resurrect some men and women one more time with some spiritual iron in their soul with an attitude that says I'm going on with Jesus just the same because he brought to me new life and new power oh we make a mockery of resurrection power when week to week all we do is fall into the same traps and the mundane and the same carnality. If you're still battling the same thoughts, the same emotions, the same sins, the same. That I'm going to tell you as lovingly as I can. You need to get it to the altar and get it right. Get it under the blood. Get it under the blood. And I want to tell somebody something. Sometimes when we say get it under the blood. 
Is there anybody here that you've had to put some people under the blood before? You know, and do you know how you do that? Brother Eli, that's not a one-time manifestation. That's not a one-time trip. There's some people, some situations, sometimes some temptations, sometimes a carnal way of thinking that Sister T every day that when I get up, I've got to say, Lord, I've got to put this mind under the blood. I'm giving you this person, I've got to put him under the blood. I'm giving you this situation, I've got to put it under the blood. Here's what I'm saying, is that as we walk in resurrection power, we cannot, it's not enough to stand and testify, oh yes, I've been saved, I've been, we know we are not saved by works, and I'm not saying you can work your way into heaven, I'm not saying, I'm not even saying, uh, Brother Taylor, that we can will our way past these things. My will's not strong enough. My will, I can't contend with hell, I can't contend on my own with the, with the, with this carnal nature I can't do it but that's where when we talk about that same spirit resurrection power because he's resurrected me what I can do is before I go on a collision course with sin before I find myself running into the in, into the depths of destruction I can stand and make a decision and say lord today I need your help I am challenging a church that we stand and realize that every day you can live victoriously. Every day you can serve Christ. Can I tell you is that every Sunday does not have to be a CPR Sunday. Come on here. Every Sunday, I've got a very dear friend of mine. And I, when he testifies about being born again, I always, I always get tickled. And he does it, he does it in a sense to, because all you can do is laugh about it now. But he say, he would stand up, and Sister Kimberly, he would say, "I thank God that He saved me in 1985, 86, 87, 88." And he said, "When 89 came around, he said it finally stuck." Hallelujah. What is he saying when he says that? Because 85, 86, 87, and 88 was a bunch of this. Up and down, in and out. I want to say something, moms and dads. Don't you point a finger at teenagers and kids when we ourselves can't keep ourselves right. Where do you think they're learning this behavior from? Where do you think they're picking this, this up from? Hear me. When he died for us when he forgave my sin when I accepted him as my savior I had no desire to go back no desire to go back and we're finding today as to for whatever reasons we've got people running back to mess do you know what Solomon said you can read in the book of Proverbs he said the man that returns back to his sin this don't sound pretty but this is what he likened it to he says it's like a dog that returns to his vomit Disgusting, isn't it? But it's the picture. It's the picture. It's the ideology. Why would we, why would we go back? And I want to say is what we need again, may God resurrect us back into a life of consistency. Consistency. I'm going to tell you something. You will always be in the same place if every Sunday you've got to get born again all over. 
You're never going to further your walk with God. You're never going to fulfill His purpose in your life. And can I tell you, I think that's one of the ways the enemy delights. That's one of the things that hell loves to keep the church in a cycle of. Is that you've got a majority of people that come in and every Sunday they've got to, they've got to repent all over again. They've got to do, do their first works all over again. They, 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 they're thinking that's meaning every Sunday. There's times that, yes, we can get cold. There's times we can get indifferent. There's times that we can get complacent. And, yes, we make a return back to who he is. But I'm telling you, we have an epidemic of people that no longer serve God with consistency. No longer serve him with consistency. That is not evidence of resurrection power. I'm going to take it a step further and say that's not even the evidence of new life. It's just not. Friends, I want to tell you tonight, we have got to be careful and we cannot treat lightly the things of God any longer. There are cycles and habits and situations that are coming up in our lives and God can't use you in that sense. God can't, God can't manifest himself beyond a certain place because you can't get past that certain place. Let me tell you something, is that there is life beyond salvation. There is experience. And what do, I, what do you mean by that, Brother Jacob? What I mean is, is that there is life in the sense that we live every day in the purpose, the power, and the plan of God. Amen. That you get up and you know, amen, that you're in the center of His will, that you know. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're still working, if you're retired, if you're young, if you're old, whatever the case might be. There's some days, Sister Karen, and uh, yes, I've got responsibilities. I might have some things light laid out. You can look at the calendar on my iPad. Every day there's something. Every day there's something there. I don't have a problem finding myself busy. But I can tell you this, that there's times that even in the ins and outs uh, of business or of, uh, or of different church work or different ministry or family life, there is still a desire to pray and say, God, today I want to be sure that I'm in the middle of your will. I'm walking in your purpose, in your plan. I want to walk in that newness of life. I want to, I had the opportunity just last week and I'm not saying this shining a halo it just was one of those moments where God brought me in contact with a gentleman and this gentleman was a business owner and I was there making a purchase and he said what is it that you do he said what is it that you what, what's your business and I said well I said I'm a pastor he said where where is your church at and uh, I was telling him where our location was and he was sharing with me that he was a Muslim, a Muslim man and he he was talking, he said, tell me about some of the differences between your, your what you believe and what this group believes. And so we stood there, we had a good conversation. But, but, but beyond talking Bible, beyond talking Christ, beyond any of those things, Brother Wade, he told me, at, as we were coming to the close, he said, I knew. He said, I knew when you walked in the building. He said, I said, there's a man that is different. There is a man who's respectable. There is a man there's something about this man and he said it compelled me to ask something about you I'm not saying that to say oh look at Jacob Smith because I can honestly tell you I was I just showed up to, to go and make the purchase but sister Amber one of the differences is is when we make it a prayer and say God help me to 
don't walk in the newness of life. Let me walk in your will. You don't know who he's going to put in your path. You don't know that what somebody else is picking up. You don't know. I didn't go in there with my Bible. I didn't go in there singing a song. I didn't go in there with the Victory Temple t-shirt on. I was just Jacob. But I'll tell you this. Because Jacob is doing his best to walk in newness of life and in resurrection power. Let it be, Sister Carmen, that those that come in contact with this, let them all have something to say. There's something different that I see in you. There's something different. Oh, and please, again, I say it the third time. That is not a statement of boasting. I'll tell you what it did do, Sister Gwen. It checked me. It checked me. I don't know. I don't remember if it was Brother Clendenin or not. And Sister Brenda could correct me if I'm telling this story wrong. But I remember hearing a story. I thought it was Brother Clendenin that, uh, his, that he was the man that this was asked. But a story about showing up at an apartment building. Knocking on the door of a family that had maybe called or reached out that was in need. And a little boy answered the door. And when he looked up at the preacher, the little boy was wide-eyed. And mom and dad hadn't yet come to the door. And he said, are you God's man? Are you God's man? Was that Brother Clendenin? Yeah. He said, are you God's man? And if I remember the story right, Brother Clendenin even made the mention. He said, when that little boy asked those words, he said, it checked my spirit. And I had to say, God, am I your man? When that gentleman said that at the store... He said, I've noticed something different about you. I said, Lord, let it be, let it be, let it be something that not just in this instance, but let there be something that somebody can see. Let there be something that somebody can hear. I, I want to be identified with Christ. Paul said, Brother Danny, if you'll come. Paul said this. He said that I may know him. That I may know him. And he went on to say this. He said, in the fellowship of his suffering. And then he went on to say this. And in the power of his resurrection. Paul said that I may know him. And I believe Paul's desire. And I also believe in essence to what he was saying here. It says that also, also that others may know him. Friends, I want to say tonight. I want to remind you that tonight that we have to be identified. And I know this has been about baptism and the symbolism of baptism. Identified. When we go down in that water, it's to signify that old man dying out. Those sins stay there and buried. I was thinking, Brother Keith, of the fact that those sins, they have no buoyancy. There were some things that I left under the blood and in that watery grave and when I came up in newness of life now identifying in resurrection I have been resurrected you have been resurrected and not just in symbolism but also brother Michael we can rejoice in the fact that there's going to be a day when there is going to be a literal resurrection that's going to take place we find in the Word of God, for those that have been born again, for those that have lived their life for Christ, 
You see, in my life, I pray that others can see something in regards of the work that has been done in my life. Resurrected in the newness of life. But Paul said this, and we know it. Sadly, it's only often read at a, few, a graveside service. But 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I love the close of this. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I've been resurrected, you've been resurrected in the newness, into the newness of life so that on that great, as they call it, getting up morning, we're going to take part in the resurrection. We're going to take part in the fact that Christ, we're going to meet Him in the clouds. Corruption's going to put on incorruption, mortality, immortality. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm living this life in the newness of of the life that Christ gave and the resurrection power that's been made available to us so that I may take part in that life. So that I might take part in that resurrection. With heads bowed, eyes closed tonight. Maybe this evening, maybe this evening you've been in situations where you might say as of late, maybe there's just been a vicious cycle going on in life. Maybe you find yourself stumbling over the same things, the same situations, the same problems, the same temptations. Maybe you find yourself struggling. Maybe somewhere you've even believed the thought that I have to give in to this. I have to sin every day. I don't have no control, pastor, over my flesh. I don't have any control over my mind. The enemy's convinced you of that lie. Maybe for some, each service it's there are some that honestly I think they've lost their, their expectancy, their excitement for times that we come together for worship because all it has become is another time to try to get something right and the next service to get something right, to get something right. But tonight I believe God wants you to know you can walk and live consistently, powerfully, victoriously over sin. You do not have to be subject to the lust of this flesh, to the carnality of mind. It takes prayer. It takes surrender. It takes, surren it, it, it takes submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Christ. But you can live above sin. Not on your own accord, but by the Spirit of the living God and His work within us. Maybe tonight, 
maybe tonight there are people around you in your home, your family, those that you're interconnected with on your job, whatever the case might be. And maybe tonight our desire could be, Lord, help me. Let others see the newness of life. Let others see resurrection power. Let others see a, a man, a woman who has been changed. I don't think the same. I don't talk the same. I don't live the same that I used to. Lord, would you, would you do a work? Lord, would you renew that work in me? Maybe yes, maybe we've been some, sometimes complacent. Maybe we have sometimes been lazy. Maybe sometimes we've just kind of brushed certain things off. But tonight, I pray, Holy Ghost, you deal with our hearts. Deal with our hearts and help us to recognize and realize that we can live, we can live in victory. If that's your desire tonight, if that's your prayer, if that's your heart, can we come? before we leave this place and just find ourselves a place around these altars tonight? Can we come find a place just to seek the Lord? Can we come find a place just to talk with Him? Would you come and find a place and allow the Holy Ghost to deal, to draw, to stir, oh, to break maybe chains of conformity, maybe, maybe the same old habits, maybe the same old things that have been plaguing and taunting and tempting Oh, but God, I know tonight I can walk and live in the newness, in the newness of life, in the newness of life, resurrection power, a resurrected life. Oh, then the door at my prison was open. 